Go ahead and pull out your Bibles as we get ready uh, for the Word of God this morning. You ready for it? You want to hear from Jesus? Are we alive this morning? All right. <laughs> Three people in the front row are alive. Oh, man. God's, gonna be, God's good this morning, and uh, we've got a good word from the Bible. I got to take these off. We've been uh, in Matthew 13 the last couple of weeks. If you've been here, um, we are talking about a story that Jesus tells called uh, the parable of a sower. Jesus would do this thing where he would use a metaphor in life where he would take something that we would understand in the natural, uh, in our everyday lives, and he would use it as a metaphor to explain something that was uh, more spiritual, less tactile to help us understand the kingdom of God. So he tells this parable of a sower, a guy who goes out and throws some seed that lands on a few different types of soils, and God uses it, Jesus uses it as an illustration to us that um, there's always this truth that God is good, he is a good sower, amen, and he is sowing a good seed into our life. Jesus says the seed in the story uh, represents the kingdom of God, the word of the kingdom, uh, represents who he is, and so we've got a good God, and he's always sowing a good word, a good kingdom into your life. But the, the illustration of the story is that if, you're, if your heart's not ready to receive it, you're not going to see the growth. You're not going to see the growth. Anybody ever, ever wanted to grow in life? Sometimes we want to grow, we're not seeing the growth. And it's not always that there's not a good sower. It's not always that there's not good seed. Sometimes it's the soil that needs some work, and the soil being our hearts, of course. So that's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. And Jesus hits on a couple different types of soils. Last week we started, uh, or we talked about this, the first soil. He says that the sower goes out and he sows a seed, and it lands on the path. It lands on a hard place, and the seed can't go into the soil. And instead of the seed landing on the dirt and uh, going in and growing, uh, the seed stays on the top, and the birds come, and they eat the seed up. And that's a bummer because Jesus says, if the seed will fall on good soil, you're going to have a harvest, which is great. And he says, not only are you just going to have a harvest, but your harvest is going to be 30, 60, even 100 times what is sown into your life. And there's a truth in this story that God is so good that what he's sown into your life isn't just for you. Because we don't need a 30, 60, 100-fold harvest to ourselves. What God wants to grow in you is so great that there's going to be some extra, and somebody in your life is going to get to eat the extra that God grows in you, and they're going to get the taste of the kingdom of God from you that they can't get for themselves. Amen? We could stop there, but we're not going to. So that's where we've been so far. This week, we're going to be talking about the second soil in the story. So if you look in Matthew chapter 13, uh, we're going to read a little bit, uh, little bit here. Uh, we're going to read verses 5 and 6, and then we're going to jump to 20 and 21. 5 and 6 is the metaphor part. 20 and 21 is where Jesus explains it to us. Matthew 13, verse 5, says this after talking about the path. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not... Uh, I, I haven't been able to read the last couple of weeks. Just start over. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no... But since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Verses 20 and 21. Jesus is explaining it. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution, or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. I'm going to share with you this morning, if you've got your notes out, I want you to write at the top of your page the title of this morning's message, A Rock in My Heart Place. A Rock in My Heart Place. 
Sometimes in life you get uh, stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? You've got choice A and B and both of them don't look good. And uh, that's a bummer of a situation. But I don't think that's what Jesus is speaking to necessarily in this story. And that's not what I want to spend our time talking about a rock and a hard place. Sometimes you get stuck in between a rock and a hard place in your decisions. But what I want to talk about this morning is when you get stuck with a rock in your heart place, I guess. Just for the play on words sake. What happens when you get stuck with some rocks in your heart, right? I believe that's what Jesus is talking about this morning. So in the story, uh, Matthew 13, we read the, sow, the seed is sown. We've got one sower sowing all the same seed in a few different places. Struggling this morning, so. Excuse me. The sower is sowing seed. He, he lands on a few different soils, and last week it landed on the path. This week it lands on the rocky soil, and uh, we're making progress from last week because this seed goes into the ground, um, but... It, it doesn't last a whole, it doesn't last long because it starts to grow, but, but it can't go deep because the soil's not deep. There's no depth of soil. And so it springs up and it gets scorched by the sun. So that's what's going on in this week in our, in our story. And as you know, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, I've been talking a little bit about my yard because uh, apparently I like my yard a little too much. But we're talking about seeds and dirt and I planted some seeds this season, so it works. Um, but uh, this Usually when I start uh, working on, on my, my messages, I like to start off by just taking a walk around my neighborhood. It helps me. I, I need to move around. I don't do good at a desk. So I start walking around my, my neighborhood. And this week when I was uh, getting started, I'd read these verses about what Jesus says about the seed falling on rocky soil. And I decided to go for a walk and, and try to start get, get started on this thing. And as I turn out of my driveway, I, I, I see that there's a, a part where I planted some grass this year where there's some big old rocks in the grass and uh, right, right, right up along the road. And you know how rocks line the road sometimes? I've, I've got some of those rocks. And uh, I was looking at it and it was interesting because I just read these verses about Jesus saying that that's not good. But I looked and there was plenty of grass growing all around these rocks. So I was like, okay, is the Bible true? No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't like a crisis of faith. I'm kidding. Um, so I started looking around, and I'm like, okay, there's all this, there's all this grass growing. That's interesting. Um, so I keep walking, and I'm like, okay, God, what's going on? And I, I'm looking down. I look down a lot when I walk. I don't know. And there's all these gravel patches around the neighborhood, and uh, some of it's spilling out on the road. And, but what I noticed is in these gravel patches, uh, some, some gravel patches had some grass growing in them, and some, some didn't. There's all these little rocks, and some, some of them have grass, and some of them don't. And I was just, maybe I'm overthinking all this whole thing. I don't know, but... Uh, I was just trying to figure this out. Okay, God, what are you saying? What, it, you're using this exact metaphor in the Bible, so it's true for today, but like, what, what are you saying here? I don't, I don't understand how sometimes when there's rocks, there's plenty of grass. I mean, it's not ideal, but there's plenty of grass growing. And then sometimes in the same gravel, there's not grass growing. So, so what are you saying? Like, like I said, I don't know if I'm overthinking all this thing, but, but it made me think about something that, that I want to share with us this morning that I think God might be speaking to it. So I brought up these things. We've got three bins of dirt, right? Can you see? I got clear ones so that you could hopefully see. Just thinking about you guys. And uh, we've got, they've, they've kind of all got the same amount of dirt in them. And so this one right here is going to be like the dirt by my yard, right? Lots of dirt, but we got these big rocks. These are actually the exact rocks that were in the dirt, so it's a great illustration. 
See the dirt, see the rocks. So we've got, this, uh, we've got this dirt and this is interesting. And what's interesting about this is if you take some of this seed and you sow it onto this soil, there's some seed that falls on the rock, but a lot of it, it, it actually is okay. It doesn't, it doesn't look great, it's not ideal, but it's okay because once the seed gets past the rock, there's plenty of soil, right? So once the seed gets past the rock, some of it doesn't and that's, that's sad, but some of the seed gets past it and once it gets past the rock, there's, there's, plenty of, there's plenty of depth of soil underneath it and it can grow, it can grow pretty much just fine. I mean, it doesn't look like a good situation, but you're gonna be okay. Amen? It doesn't look like a good situation for the seed, but you're gonna be all right. And it's the same thing for you this morning. Your situation may not look great, and it might not even be ideal. There might be some rocks, but you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. So that, that's kind of the first, the first soil is this seed right here that slips through the, the crack of the rocks and, and all that kind of stuff. But once it gets into the dirt, it's actually gonna be okay. So the problem isn't when you, fall, when you come up into a situation where there's rocks on the soil, right? The, situ- the problem is when there's rocks in the soil. Because you can take this same seed and sow it, and it looks like a better situation, but it doesn't work better. The dirt looks the same. And all the seed lands right on this great dirt. But the problem is once it starts to grow, there's seeds that are trying to grow in this dirt. That looks so good, but you start digging around in there and all of a sudden, well, it looked real good to start. Man. There's not a whole lot of depth. What I believe is true about our lives and what Jesus just might be hitting on here is that it's not gonna be the rocks on your soil that steal your harvest. It's gonna be the rocks in your soil that steal your harvest. It's not gonna be the big rocks that are on top of your life that everybody can see that you know that maybe need to make an adjustment in your life. It's not gonna be those things that hinder your harvest. It's actually gonna be the rocks in your soil because it's the rocks in your soil that steal the depth of your soil. It's the rocks in your soil that steal the depths of your soil. It's not that conflict in your marriage that just keeps coming up that you can't get past that you know that's a rock. And it's not ideal, right? <laughs> Can we have fun? We just have fun. It's not ideal, you know, that conflict, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna be the thing that withers you. What's going to wither you is the selfishness and the pride that's underneath all of it. That's what's going to be that problem. Because once you get rid of the, once you get rid of that one, then then these you, look, you just I had to rake those other ones. You just pull these ones right out, you know. Once you deal with it under the surface, the stuff on the surface just kind of comes up. And and dare I even say, it's not going to be that sin in your life that you see that's on the top that's going to be the thing that withers you. It's not ideal. Don't get me wrong. It's not ideal. But what's actually going to wither you is the rock that's under the soil that doesn't believe God's good enough to be everything you need. That's the real thing that's going to wither you. Because if you can deal with that one, then you can take the one off the top real easily. And it's not going to get replaced by another guy. I mean, another uh, emotional outburst. uh, Shoot, another binge. I mean, no, another rock. Rock, that's what I meant to say. It's not going to get replaced by another rock because what's under the surface got taken care of. 
It's not gonna be what is on the surface that's gonna sink you and steal your harvest. It's gonna be what's under the surface that's gonna hinder your harvest. And just like a seed needs some deep soil so that its roots can grow deep, you need deep soil so that your roots can grow deep. And what God wants to do in you can grow deep inside of you. Because here's the thing that we also read in this story. The sun's gonna come up. Tap your neighbor and say, here comes the sun. Anybody else remember that song? No. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, young How do I remember it then? Here comes the sun. Da-da-da-da. Was that close enough? You're gonna need some deep roots because here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. But I think it's clear in this story that actually the sprout's problem in the story wasn't the sun. The sprout's problem wasn't the heat of the sun because the sun coming out wasn't uh, like unplanned, if you think about it. If you think about this situation, somebody is sowing seed like outside. The sun's gonna come up, right? Not a surprise. The sun came up. That wasn't the natural disaster. The seed, did, the sprout didn't get unlucky. It came out, the sun came out, just like yesterday, just like last summer, the sun came out, right? So the sun, the sun wasn't the problem. The sun just came up like it did every other day, and it was hot just like it, did, just like it was every other summer. And the fact is that the seed actually needs the sun to grow properly. The seed actually needs the sun. The problem wasn't that the sun came up. The problem was that the roots didn't go down. That was the problem. And I think that there's sometimes in our life where something starts to sprout up in our life and life gets a little bit hot. Life gets hot and our roots haven't grown down deep and it withers, you know? We've all had something wither in our life. And sometimes we start blaming the sun. Sometimes we start blaming God. Sometimes we start blaming the seed that he sowed in the first place. And the whole problem all along was just that the roots weren't there. We didn't get unlucky just because the sun came up and it got hot. That's just life. Sometimes life gets hot. Amen? Life ever gotten hot? A situation gets hot. Your anger gets hot. Your desires in the moment get hot. The sun comes up and you're trying to be pure. You're trying to be holy. You're trying to be calm. You're trying to be patient. But it gets hot. It gets hot. And you don't want to wither in the moment because we got to let our roots grow deep without the rocks in our soil. In verse 21, Jesus says that the sun in the parable represents uh, the trials and tribulations, the persecutions in our life. And uh, this probably doesn't preach good, but what Jesus is saying, that as sure as the sun will rise, life will get hard. Whether you follow Jesus or not, the sun's gonna get hot. Whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're trying to be holy or not, whether you're righteous or not, the Bible says it, it rains equally for the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus is saying, that's life, the sun gets hot. And trials and tribulations and persecutions, like, it's going to come. Things are going to get hot for, for the seed that God's trying to put in your life. And he says it's going to happen on account of the word. So even uh, not only us Christians, let's just be real here for a second. We're going to have the normal stuff. But then there's going to be things in our life that uh, try to grow up and, and, and take some heat because we're following Jesus. There's going to be things you're trying to do in your life. Your friends aren't going to like it. Your family's not going to like it. It's not going to fit with your, the, the culture at your job uh, to, to be kind to people and tell people about Jesus or just like give people random presents to let them know God loves them. Or it's like going to be weird and people are going to judge you. And sometimes stuff really bad is going to happen. I don't know. 
But trials and tribulations, the sun's going to rise, right? The sun's going to come up. And some of that stuff is going to catch heat because God is doing in you. But I want you to know that it's not the heat that's going to kill you. We just need to know that going in. When it gets hot, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to be the heat that kills you. We can, make, we can take care of that when we let our roots grow deep. And the fact is, just like this seed, not only is the heat not going to kill you, but God has designed what he has put inside of you to grow in the heat. The heat of the sun is what's going to drive your roots deeper to get fresh water, to get fresh food. What I'm trying to say is there's a conviction in your life that grows deeper in the heat. There's faith in your life that grows deeper when it's not easy. There's a conviction in your life that grows when it's not easy. There's character in your life that God's growing in you. It's going deeper when it's hard. We actually need the heat to get the harvest. The heat might hurt, but it's helping you go deeper. The heat might hurt, but it's helping you grow deeper. And so that means we don't have to live our lives scared of the heat or blaming the heat. We just need to let our roots grow deep. We need to let our roots grow deep. So we're talking about these rocks. This is all meta, metaphoric and metaphorical, meta, metaphoric, parabolic, parabola. This is all fine and good is what I'm trying to say. But what are the rocks? What are the rocks in our life? Because uh, I would imagine, and I, I believe, I know, I know most of you in this room, you're, you're the kind of people, you want good soil, Right? Maybe not. Should we stop? <laughs> we want good soil. I want good soil. What are the rocks, God? What are the rocks that are going to be in my life? And uh, I just want to talk about one rock this morning because, you know, we don't have like the next 25 years today to talk about all the rocks that could come into our life. And that's not really important what all of them are. We just need to know how to get them out when they come. But I do want to talk about one rock this morning. Oh, and it's a, it's a significant rock, rock for us, um, just, you know, us, us people. And there's one rock that, that I want to talk about, and it's the rock of offense. The rock of offense is kind of the one I want to go after this morning. And, you know, the rock of offense, I, I don't know if that's a word you thought of recently or if this will make sense to you, but, you know, like if you, let's say this is the rock of offense. If you break this up, you can break it up into a bunch of smaller rocks and different ones. So, you know, like offense, it kind of holds like bitterness, unforgiveness, unmet expectations, you know, all that fun stuff. But it's a rock. It's a rock in our life. This rock of offense. If you break it up, you may get some other things. But I want to talk about the rock of offense. Because offense is a, uh, it's a below the surface kind of rock that'll steal your roots. It'll, it'll steal your roots. And, and the reason I want to highlight offense this morning is because I believe, and, and I could be wrong, but I believe that this rock of offense is what is robbing a lot of our roots. When I think about this room of this people in, in this city, in this nation, in this world at this time, I think that this rock of offense in our hearts is stealing a lot of our roots. And I believe that it's the rock of offense that's making us vulnerable in what is causing most of the withering that we witness and or experience in our lives. So much of what we look at in our lives that's going, that, that is going sour, I believe, is because there's a rock of offense preventing our roots from growing deep. Here's what I mean. It's like super cool to be offended these days. 
everybody's offended. Everybody wants to be offended. It's like, are you, are you mad? Like, I'm mad. What are you mad about? I don't know. I'm just mad. Let's be mad and be offended. Like, who offended you? Everybody. For what? <laughs> Probably something, you know? Like, let's get offended, man. Like, yeah, stick it to the man or something. Like, let's be offended. It's cool to be offended. And it sounds all fine and good and, and all that kind of stuff. But the truth is that uh, the, it's cool to be offended, but it's causing, like, marriages to fall apart. Families are falling apart. Political systems are crumbling because of this. Just, it's like, let's just offended, yeah, you know? And the truth is, like, us Christians aren't doing a whole lot of good showing the world how to deal with this rock. Instead of serving people and loving people, we're just offended and, like, posting about it on our blogs and social media looking ridiculous. Just looking ridiculous. I mean, like, oh, yeah, that's how Jesus is? Cool. Yeah, you want to know him? Let's come to church. Come on. It's, uh, it's causing a whole lot of withering because life's hot. In all these situations, marriage gets hot, politics get hot, friendships get hot, all these things get hot. And if our roots can't grow deep because we've just got a fence in our heart, we will wither and we won't get the harvest. And when we don't get the harvest, like we said earlier, we don't eat and nobody else does either. It's not just about us. We've got to deal with this rock of offense in our life. And I believe that uh, just speaking to us, this room, if, if you're a Christian in the room this morning, I believe that uh, it's this rock that's keeping the church from being all that God's called the church to be because it's keeping our relational roots from growing deep. And it's dividing, uh, it's dividing us from each other and it's keeping us from going deep with each other and it's keeping us from going deep with God because we're offended. We're offended at people and we're offended at God. And that's kind of a big word, <laughs> but we can get it out and our roots can grow deep and we can have a harvest. And that gets me excited. And so that's why I want to talk about it this morning. So we're talking about this rock, rock of offense. We'll move to our third bend. Start over, start fresh. I feel like a cooking show. You know, I got my little measuring bowl of seed. Oh, geez. So this rock of offense, we, this isn't a newsflash that like we get offended, right? Nobody's surprised by that, haven't thought about that. If you are, then you are extra offended or something, I don't know. <laughs> so what do we do about this whole rock of offense? We, there's, there's no rocks in this one, just so you know. Offense happens, right? That's, that's the thing, like the, heat, the heat's gonna come of life, stuff happens, offense, offense happens. So if we're going to talk about this rock of offense, it's, it, should I be mad? Should I be, or I mean, should I be disappointed that I'm offended? Like, is it, is it wrong to be offended? How does this work? And that's a tough one because, like, offense happens. You know, somebody, somebody uh, says something mean to you, whether they meant it or not, and it's just kind of you get offended. And then uh, it, it hurts. You know, that, that's legitimate. Or, or uh, somebody doesn't remember your birthday or that important date for you and do it, celebrate it the way you want it as you celebrate it, and you're like, Oh, man, like, I wish you would have done that. Like, you can get, you can get offended, and, and that's okay. And uh, they didn't notice your new outfit or something like that. And um, I, that sounds petty, but, like, anybody ever got offended? I mean, like we're saying, you, you get offended. It happens. It happens. You, you have an expectation of somebody, and they don't meet it, right? You have an expectation of somebody that you've never told them that you have that expectation of, and they don't meet it. And you get offended. Yeah. 
It's unspoken, right? It's unspoken. It's unspoken. You're going to have, yeah, that unspoken expectation. So, so, so people are going to offend you, you know, or like somebody's going to actually say something really mean. That hurts. Like somebody's going to actually like legitimately let you down. Offense is going to happen. Offense is going to happen. And, and offense is going to happen from God too. You're going to get offended by God if you haven't already. Uh, you know, like you're going you're gonna to pray for somebody to get healed and they're not going to. What the heck? You're going you're gonna to be waiting on God to do something that you know you need him to do and you know he wants to do it because he's good, but it doesn't happen like you thought it was going to happen. And it's, it just, ah. Or sometimes all you got to do is read the Bible and read what Jesus said, and he meant all of it, and it's offensive. <laughs> Talks about the stuff going on in my heart like I want to hear about it. I don't. Just let it go. See, we're going to get offended. Stuff, stuff happens. But that's not the problem. Offense actually isn't the problem. Getting, getting offended actually isn't the problem. So let me, let me put it this way. I'm just going to move these over here. See, because when you get offended, they can come out so easily. All we got to do is talk about it like adults. And that'll preach another time. If you got one of these, just talk about it. Hey, let's talk about how I let you down. I'm sorry. Can we do that as a church? Like, how would we change the world if we talked about it? But that's not what we're here to talk about this morning. Because offense, offense actually isn't, isn't really the, the, the big problem. Here's, here's what I can say. Getting offended is an event, right? Living offended is a decision. You offended me, we can get past that. Unless I'm going to make you owe me. Yeah? Oh, I know you forgot. It's okay. But you better not forget again. If you do, we have problems. And you probably will forget again too. God, that person didn't get healed. Yeah, and you don't heal anyways. I don't even know about all this stuff. It's not getting offended that's the problem. It's living offended. That digs that rock into your soil. Because when it's on top, is it ideal? No. But you can grow and you can deal with it. But when it's in your soil, it keeps your roots from growing deep. These rocks, they, they come into our lives, they come into our minds, they come into our belief systems about God. And, and after a while, it looks all right. Yeah? But it's not. It's not all right. And uh, we've got all this stuff, and it's keeping our roots from going deep. And what used to be just so fertile and soft and everything, we're just not so sure about all this anymore, right? Like, I'm just not so sure about this marriage anymore. I'm not so sure about this friendship anymore. I know we used to get along great and everything was good, but then I just don't know about this anymore. I just don't know about this whole God thing anymore. Yeah, I know God's good, but is he good all the time? I don't know about all the time, because I remember one time, right? I don't know about this Jesus thing. I don't know about all this God stuff. We can get offended. We can deal with that. But when we live offended, we're going to lose our harvest. And it was when you live offended 
that you become vulnerable to the heat of the sun. It's what's going to make you vulnerable to the heat. And the heat that's supposed to grow you will wither you. Because some rocks in our soil. So what do we do? What do I do about all this? We talked week one, God's got his hands dirty, amen? How many of you know this isn't just up to you to figure out? God's not far off waiting on you to get all the rocks out of your soil. He's got his hands dirty in your soil. His hands are dirty, and he's pulling out rocks. He's working it. How's he doing it? Hebrews 12, 15 says this. It says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. This verse in Hebrews is one of, one of my favorite verses. It refers to, God's referring to this idea of a root of bitterness. And uh, if you kind of take this phrase back into the language that it was originally said in, in Hebrews and all this stuff, this root of bitterness, I mean, it's even in quotes here. It's kind of like a, a phrase that they say, you know, like, a, oh, you got a root of bitterness. It was a reference to like the source of something sour, whether it was a disease inside of you, like if you had a sickness, you got to find the root of that bitterness. You know what I'm saying? Or if something comes up in your life, something sour, what's the root of that thing? It's not just, not just bitterness, but I think we can, we, can, uh, we can look at offense in this way. God's saying, we don't, we don't want this root of bitterness to spring up and cause trouble because when it causes trouble and springs up, by, uh, by it, many, many become defiled. And Hebrews 12, 15 is actually written to a church that's going through a lot at this time. They were doing really well. Everything was cool. Revival was happening. And then... Uh, persecution started coming. The sun rose, you could say. People were dying. People were leaving the church, dividing against each other, all kinds of different things. And so the writer of Hebrews, inspired by God, writes to them. He says, you know what? If you want to make it, you need to see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And all of your opportunity to get offended at people right now who are deserting you and God who you feel like is deserting you, don't get offended. Don't live offended. Be careful that this root of bitterness, I know it looks like you, you have a right to get offended and all these things. I'm not saying it's easy, but don't let this root of bitterness spring up and cause trouble because it's gonna defile you. And it's gonna defile the people around you. Don't let this root of bitterness spring up. In other words, guard in your heart. It's hot. There's a lot going on, but it's on you to guard in, guard in your heart. Don't let that root spring up. Don't let the rocks go deep into your heart. And he gives you the tool for how to guard in your heart. Where's my tool? He gives you the little rake to figure out, how am I gonna, how am I gonna start gardening this soil? Because how many of you know God's so good? He's gonna point out the problem. He's gonna point out the solution. That'll preach if you didn't hear it. <laughs> Should've caught it the first time. I'm kidding. <laughs> He gives us the tool. He says, if you don't want the root of bitterness in your heart, see to it that nobody in your life fails to obtain the grace of God. If you want to be able to get offended and not live offended, live offended, just see to it that nobody fails to obtain the grace of God. Meaning, you know that grace that God gave you 
I know you're offended. I know people have come against you. I know that they forgot your birthday. I know they were a jerk. I know they divorced you. I know they beat you. I know that they let you down. I know that guy didn't get healed. I know all of this stuff happened, and that's all for real. But remember that grace God gave you? Remember that grace he gave you when as the king of kings, he stepped on his throne to step into your skin and bone on your broken planet to live your perfect life that you couldn't live? Remember that grace he gave you when he climbed up on a cross that you deserved and died a death that you deserved to a debt that you owed? You remember that grace he gave you when after that you put him in a grave and rolled a stone over his dead body to say, you stay in there. And remember that grace he gave you when he just rolled it away? He didn't smash you with it like he should have, but he rolled it away to come out, not just to pay your debt, but to give you new life. And remember when he filled you with his spirit so that it wasn't just like, yeah, I made you in my image, guys, but then you rebelled and now I forget all you. Remember that grace he showed you when you offended him with everything inside of you. He paid the debt to your offense and gave you a new life to live like you were made to live in the first place. Remember that grace? If you want to be able to get offended and just get those rocks out and guard in your heart so that you can get offended but not live offended, just make sure that you just don't stop giving that grace until you've given all that you got to. See to it. See to it that nobody fails to obtain the same grace you got. I'm not saying it felt good. I'm not saying it was good. But see to it that nobody, no one fails to obtain the grace of God. You're allowed to stop giving that grace as soon as you've given the full extent of what you've received. And if you'll just worry about giving grace then I'll get rid of your rocks and you're going to be good soil and I'm going to put my good kingdom into your life and I'm going to grow it and it's going to have a harvest and it's going to be 30, 60, 100 times even in that place of pain we talked about last week even in that place where you walk all the time we talked about last week even in that offense that we are talking about this week in all of it God has a harvest in the hard 30, 60, 100 fold and there's going to be somebody else eating off of your extra see to it that nobody fails to obtain the grace of God so what do we do from here? Just let the grace of God start combing through your heart. And when he come, comes up against something, what's that? When it comes up against something, it's not work harder, it's not bury it deeper. It's just, if you can't give more grace, then you need to start by receiving more grace. It's okay. He's got more to give you. He's just gonna show you he's going to give you grace and then you're going to be able to give that grace and you're going to have a clear heart go ahead and stand as we close this morning now I know in talking about all this there's a lot that has gone unsaid and I, I guess I could summarize it in I'm not saying that everything's okay right not saying nothing happened not saying it doesn't hurt a rock is a rock is a rock but we can give the grace of God. Because here's the thing about getting offended and living offended. We get offended, we choose to live offended, to stick it to 
God to stick it to that person, but whose garden does the rock end up in? It's not even hurting them. So you're trying to get them back, it's not even working. Let's get free. Let the grace of God dig that thing out and let's let the harvest take the place of the hurt. Amen. Our worship team's gonna figure out how to sing around this table here in a second. I wanna pray for us and I'm gonna have some people over to the side to pray, just a, a few people that are available to pray with you. If you need to respond this morning, if there's something in your life, there's, there's an offense in your heart, there's a rock in your heart you need to get out, let's just pray. Don't run around, don't run out here and try to do it yourself. Just leave it. <laughs> don't try to take care of it yourself. Just come to somebody and say, I need help getting the grace of God here. So we're gonna sing one more song. It's called uh, Come to the Altar. Are we gonna do that one? Great. Come to the altar, because that's how you get the grace. You just come. You just come to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I don't have enough. I need to get more, right? So I want you to get somebody to pray with you or just open up your heart and during this song and say, grace of God, would you comb through my heart? Would you highlight any rocks in there that are keeping me from my harvest? And would you give me the grace to give so that I can get it out? Would you bow your heads and pray with me this morning? Jesus, we love you so much, and I thank you for your grace. I thank you that it's enough. I thank you that you give so much to us that we are able to give it. Lord, I thank you for even every hard place right now where somebody's got to give some grace and they don't see how they could ever give it. But I, I, I just, I, I pray grace over that, over that situation, Lord, that hurts. But would you meet us there, Holy Spirit? Lord, it's vulnerable to open up our soil to a rake, but we trust you. We know that you're good. And would you give your grace this morning as we come to you, as we come to your altar this morning, would we experience more grace than we've ever experienced so we can give more grace than we've ever given. And God, I ask that in Jesus' name, this group of people in this room would lead away in our city for getting the rock of offense out of our hearts, out of the heart of a generation, out of the heart of a city, out of the heart of a nation. Lord, would you have your harvest in us? Would you come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name.